Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Support for the Roster Watch podcast and for the Tradecast comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ROSTERWATCH at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code ROSTERWATCH. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap. This will be the week 12 DFS walkthrough and breakdown pod for the main slate. As a reminder, please give us a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's a great way to support the pod, and uh, we really, really appreciate everybody giving us those ratings and reviews. Also, all of the content and the tools that I'm talking about can be found over at rosterwatch.com with a pro membership, the Hyper DFS lineup generator, the Vegas tool with all of the props and the analysis versus. DFS pricing on those various props that we've collected, uh, the cheat sheets for uh, FanDuel and for DraftKings. These are all just in addition to all the great season-long and dynasty offerings that we do have with NFL draft coverage kicking off soon with a lot of exclusive content. So give us a look over there at rosterwatch.com. You will not be disappointed. Okay, you might be a little bit disappointed in this slate, though, and maybe a little bit disappointed in me because i got to get the hell off of here a little bit faster than usual bunch of Thanksgiving shit, and also Texas is going to lose to Baylor at uh, 2.30 when I need to get off and uh, begin my charting of that game. So let's go ahead and get into this now, as it's the only time I can do it before I go on radio this evening. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, going into Atlanta to face the Falcons. This game has a 52 total. That's down from the open at 54.5. The Atlanta Falcons in this one, the resurgent defense of the Atlanta Falcons, and of course, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and the crew. Uh, Three-and-a-half-point favorites here at home. We have 69% of the tickets on Atlanta, 58% of the money on Atlanta. As far as that total, though, 70%. So the public loves the over in this game, 70% of the tickets. Only 58% of the money on the over. So maybe not as much sharp sentiment here in this game uh, going along with the public sentiment. But we always know that the Sharps out in Vegas, the one thing that they absolutely hate, is taking the over on a big public overplay like this, which it feels like it is. People think this game's going to shoot out, and you know, rightfully so. Uh, Atlanta's been putrid all year up until the last two weeks when Dan Quinn handed off uh, defensive play calling duties, and uh, Tampa Bay is just. If you've been playing teams and just stacking games with Tampa Bay, uh, it's it's been you've kind of held the nuts on a lot of these. Um, not literally held anybody's nuts, but you you know. You've had the nuts, as in like, you know, the uh, poker term. Um, 
stacking these things up. So Matt Ryan probably is going to be the most popular quarterback on the slate for a lot of reasons. One being the Tampa Bay is so hard to run on, and nobody's going to want to go back to the to the uh, Atlanta running game after Brian Hill shit the bed last week. With that being said, you know, 4,900 on DraftKings, maybe Ryan Hill not too terrible to play this week. The only concern that you would have is that, you know, Tampa Bay is just so tough to run on. And, uh, you know, whether it has to do with the personnel on that defensive line or whether it has to do with the scheme, it's hard to tell. But we've talked about it over and over again here that, you know, they just run stunt with such frequency that it invites opposing offenses to pass on them and abandon the run. And when they do so, they find that passing on them is very, very effective and they stick with it. So Julio Jones just in a great spot. Here, uh, we've got a massive prop here in this game, one of the bigger ones we've seen out of him this year with a 99-and-a-half-yard prop, a seven reception over-under as well. He, Julio Jones is minus 120 to score, even though he's had trouble finding the end zone lately. The, the one issue I do have with him is, you know, w- when we're looking at him versus uh, Michael Thomas on DraftKings, it, you know, it's appealing to save $1,300 and go to Julio, who's in the number one matchup of the week, uh, he has a, a very, very similar prop to Michael Thomas. But j- keep in mind, just one thing that I just kept in the back of my mind, and it, it might not mean anything, but it looked like he, Julio was looked a little bit ginger at points uh, the last time we saw him on that on that foot. I, I believe like last week, I wasn't sure that I had the game on one of the uh, one of the ancillary TVs I was watching, but I thought maybe he even went off the field at one point to get it looked at. Now Julio does that, but he was also, um, you know, missing portions of practice this week. Just something to keep in mind. I still think he's a great play. Same thing with Calvin Ridley. And if you're feeling real frisky, you know, with no Austin Hooper out there, um, you know, Russell Gage is, you know, comes into focus as a possible super uh, cheap option. I believe on DraftKings is probably the better place to play him at, at 3,900, but, um, you know, he's out there, you know, over the course of the last three weeks or the, I guess the last three games he's played nine targets, five targets and four targets for Russell Gage. So, uh, during the period where Austin Hooper has been out and when Mohamed Sanu has been gone, we've seen that, uh, that it, it's, um, you know, Russell Gage can be viable. And this is a slate where we do not have much value. We have people talking about playing assholes like Tim Patrick this week, so it's like maybe you could consider a guy like Russell Gage on the Atlanta side. You know how I feel about Brian Hill. I, I, I think last week, you know, had he scored the touchdown, had that not been called back last week, that play wouldn't have seemed so disastrous. But I think some people might get cued and say, look, I'm going to go back to him this week when nobody else does. The peripherals last week were a lot better than any, any of us expected. Uh, I think, did he get fifth, did Brian Hill get 15 touches last week or was it 15 carries? No, yeah, 15 carries last week along with three targets. So, I mean, he got 18 opportunities uh, last week uh, at Carolina. Now, that was a great matchup. The game script was absolutely terrific for Brian Hill, and he somehow managed to you know, stink it up for only a 4.8 pointer in PPR. But we did see Quadri Allison get in the end zone on a huge swindle. Even Kenyon Barner on a damn kick return got in the end zone. So every running back that was active got in the, got in the box except for Brian Hill last week. I think that's the point you're going to hear some people make. But my point is, like, I'm not going to play anybody versus Tampa Bay. This is the only team that could successfully really shut down Christian McCaffrey all year long. I want to play the passing options versus them. On the other side, of course, Mike Evans is a great play. Of course, Chris Godwin is a great play. 
Uh, O.J. Howard's a bad football player. I think that James Winston here in this, you, know, you, you have to ask yourself, is this Atlanta Falcons defense the same defense that we've seen for the last two weeks, or is it the defense that we've seen for the remainder of the season? If it's the same defense we've seen the last two weeks, maybe the Atlanta Falcons are a good play, right? Especially over on sites like Yahoo, where they're still super cheap. On DraftKings and on FanDuel, they've been priced up. Uh, a little bit, and I think that also has to do with the matchup. We know that Jameis Winston's a fumbling machine. He's an interception machine. He makes sh- he makes shitty decisions. Um, so even in this game that could possibly shoot out, you know, and even if we get Atlanta sort of being back to being bad on defense, sometimes in these games that project to see a whole lot of passing attempts and quarterbacks that aren't afraid to make the hero balls um, – the defenses can be put in position to make bigger plays. Like we don't want to play defenses in games, even if there's a low total and the offense is bad, but the offense that you're facing is just going to grind the game out and run the football all day. Well, you're not going to be able to make big plays like that. You make big plays when the quarterback puts the football in the air, when the quarterback drops back and your defenders can possibly get to that quarterback for a, for a strip sack or a big quarterback hit, and, you know, as the ball's being thrown to cause an interception. Those are all things that are within the wheelhouse for the Atlanta Falcons this week. I'm not going back to uh, you know Cameron Braid or O.J. Howard or any of these guys. I think that my interest here, and, and I think your interest too, should be in guys like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Mike Evans actually showing up as the best value on the Vegas tool this week at just $7,300 over there on DraftKings. Uh, it's a game that's going to be the most popular game stack, so we'll just get it out of the way early. Uh, I think if you're wanting to stack a game, that's going to be the one that has the highest likelihood of shooting out. And with that being said, it's going to be the game that most people are always, you know, always trying to stack up as well. So any way you can think of to make your lineup different there, maybe you think about playing Ronald Jones. I think I'd rather play Ronald Jones than Brian Hill. Ronald Jones has a better prop, uh, better matchup, and clearly, you know, a better prospect. Uh, nobody's talking about him. Everybody continues to talk about, about Brian Hill. Uh, New York Giants travel to the Chicago Bears, a a puny little 40 total in this game. The Bears are six-point favorites here at home, despite the fact that Mitchell Trubisky sucks and was benched last week in what uh, head coach Matt Nagy later lied about and told the media was a hip. Uh, We have 64% of the tickets on the Giants here, along with 73% of the money. So sharp sentiment here saying that the Giants could cover. And on the Giants' side, I mean, so of course nobody's playing Daniel Jones. But with no Evan Ingram, we have we have Sterling Shepard returning, and people forget in, in his last three games that Sterling Shepard played this year before he he started having the concussion symptoms mount up, or the concussion mount up, and then the symptoms continue to re aggravate themselves over the course of the rest of the year. He was getting nine targets a game, and at least in week five, that um, that was with Golden Tate already there, you know, c- coming off of his suspension. So. I, I don't, you know, with no Evan Ingram, like, I think Sterling Shepard's a, a fine play here. Where he lines up in the slot outside, like, we'll, we'll, we'll have to find out. I'd imagine he'll play outside a little bit more um, and with Golden Tate, probably a little bit more in the slot. But I think those are two dudes they can move around. They can, uh, they can get both those guys in, in favorable spots. And I think that there probably will be some volume here. Saquon Barkley is uh and the reason I mentioned Sterling Shepard and not Golden Tate is simply because on DraftKings Sterling Shepard's only 4900 whereas Golden Tate's like 5800 or something like that and I just I mean 
Sterling Shepard's a good player. It's a bad matchup, but no one's going to be on him. Our model liked him this week, so I, I felt like I had to give him a quick mention. There have been some people that talk about paying all the way down at tight end to Caden Smith because we have um, we have uh, you know Evan Ingram out, and now Rhett Ellison has not been cleared from his own concussion. I believe it's is a concussion protocol. As always, very very organized here. Rhett Ellison, let's see. Um, let me just search here in the deal. Yeah, so he so he's he's been ruled out with the concussion. So uh, it's going to be Caden Smith and Scott Simonson. Caden Smith is a kid who I know pretty well from watching him at camps here in the state of Texas as a high school prep. Um, I, I didn't think that he was going to run as slow as he did uh, at the combine. I believe he ran like a four nine eight forty, but he's fair. I mean. He's a fairly athletic guy, known mostly as a blocker coming out of Stanford, but he's the better receiving weapon, you know, between Simonson. And we, we don't need to be talking this long. You probably don't want to be playing these tight ends, especially on FanDuel, as we'll get to, Jesus. Um, on, uh, the, uh, on the Chicago side, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, it looks like he's going to play. And this is, a, uh, this is a terrific matchup. It really reminds you a little bit of that matchup earlier in the season that Trubisky had against the Washington Redskins where Taylor Gabriel went off for those three touchdowns. So I can't fault you for stacking him. You know, you've heard people talk this week. I've read articles saying, look, Mitchell Trubisky won three millionaire makers in the year 2018. Um, it's a – it's God damn, my dog. Hold on one sec. Byron, is there anything worse – then whenever you're trying to shave your, your balls and you have to use the same razor or the same trimmer or whatever that you use on your face. No, oh, I just puckered up thinking about it. <laughs> it hurts, dude. It hurts. You can, especially if you use an actual razor, you will cut your nuts. Um, that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. They have the new Lawnmower 2.0. It has proprietary skin safe technology, so the trimmer won't nick your cut, nick, cut, snag. It, you know, none of that stuff. Your nuts are going to be safe. So, manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. You, like I said, man, you, like who uses the same trimmer? on their dirty balls and their grundle in between their, their like the back of their ball sack and their exit hole. Like how are you going to use the same trimmer on your face that you put there? It's like, look, 85% of women think that grooming or a lack of grooming is a major turnoff. 80% of women think men should manscape below the belt and 89% of men think good grooming is essential to their professional success. Like, that comes from the business wire. So, look, here's what we've found from the Manscaped products. They have the new Lawnmower 2.0, which is better than the original Lawnmower. And you might ask how much better. Well, so, all right, so now it trims at 6,000 strokes per minute. That's up from 4,000 strokes per, per minute with the original one. And the battery life has improved from 15 minutes on one charge all the way up to 60 minutes. And it includes a rechargeable battery now. No more double A's. The trimming head's also now replaceable with the lawnmower 2.0. It's now waterproof, guys. I'm telling you, you all you got to do is get that lawnmower, get it down there. It takes a few minutes. They, they give you this, uh, they give you some like newspaper looking stuff to stand on so it's easy to clean up afterwards and then you just kind of get this this ball deodorant this ball toner just kind of get it rubbed around on there you're gonna be feeling silky and smooth before you know it and you're not gonna ever remember what it was like before you started using manscaped alex i couldn't believe it ever since i got my sample kit from manscaped my girlfriend from Dallas has been flying out way more often to come see me. For a sweaty Greek man like me, she absolutely loves the ball deodorant. And then the ball toner, so smooth and shiny and so tight 
she's able to bounce a half dollar off those hush puppies. <laughs> and also, man, that you know me, Alex. I got Greeks. We got a lot of chest here. I'm able to use that lawnmower up top too. All right, so you can get 20% off and free shipping with promo code Rosterwatch at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use promo code Rosterwatch. Join the other dudes helping themselves with Manscaped with a special offer just for our listeners. Get 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com. That's right. Manscaped is offering Rosterwatch listeners 20% off and free shipping. To get yours, go to manscaped.com and use promo code rosterwatch. Again, manscaped.com and use promo code rosterwatch to get 20% off and free shipping. That's manscaped.com and use promo code rosterwatch. I may cut that out. I, I may not. Um, if I don't get around to it, I apologize. The um, what was I saying? Oh, right. So Trubisky, it's, I mean, it's a great spot versus the New York Giants. It's just, who do you pair him with? I think Allen Robinson is probably okay, but his price is just un, it falls in such an awkward pricing tier over on DraftKings that I'm not sure that I can get behind him this week. Um, Maybe Taylor Gabriel, maybe Anthony Miller. I'm not playing Tariq Cohen. I don't think I'm interested in in David Montgomery. Uh, I just, kind of like Randy Jackson, man. Like it's a no for me, dog. I don't. I don't really look. If Trubisky wins somebody a million bucks this week, good. Good for them. I think if you're, you know, playing in a bunch of, you know, playing in a bunch of tournaments, I wouldn't hate maybe getting some kind of stack of this game. But it's it's a pretty cockamamie and harebrained idea. With that said, cockamamie and harebrained ideas um, have have really really made people rich. Just look at the uh, pet rock or the chia, you know, the chia pet. These fucking LOL surprise dolls that my daughter. Loves that cost me fifteen dollars every time. You know, this is a plastic package with a little plastic doll in it. So it's like the LOL surprise doll of, of DFS plays this this week. It could it could go big for you, or you could just end up with a shitty worthless piece of plastic on your hands, which is a lot more lot lot more likely. So let's just go ahead and move on to the next one. Uh, speed up. See if we can speed this thing up a little bit. Um. Oh yeah. Here's the so here's the one that I love. Miami Dolphins at Cleveland Browns. Only a 45 and a half point total in this game, but 70% of the tickets are on the over along with 73% of the money. So even the sharps are going along with the squares here that Baker Mayfield's going to go off. I I love Baker. Um I think maybe in I probably prefer Matt Ryan a little bit in cash. I love Odell. I probably prefer Michael Thomas, maybe Julio Jones and maybe Mike Evans in cash, but it's not it's not that, not that great a difference. And over on Yahoo especially, I can pull it up. But I think on Yahoo, there's something real cockamamie going on with the uh, pricing of Odell Beckham. Let me just look it up and see here. So the, the NFL baller, wide receiver. So, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, buddy. Jarvis Landry is more expensive than Odell Beckham on, on Yahoo. That's almost enough reason to go play some lineups over on Yahoo because when you start out with Baker on Yahoo, who is the not even in the top ten as far as uh, quarterbacks, and then you have um, Odell Beckham at $22. He's cheaper than uh, – $6 cheaper than Calvin Ridley. I mean, he's cheaper than Tyrell Williams. He's cheaper than Jarvis. He's, cheaper, he's as cheap as Allen Robinson and DJ Moore. This week, going up against Miami at home 
in the game. Look, man, I know Baker, like not personally, but I just he's from like he's he's from the neighborhood that I live in. I've seen him play a ton. Um, this is the kind of game, and especially with the weird week they've had in Cleveland. And it's been a weird week for Pittsburgh too. And I think that Pittsburgh could come out and could come out and shit the bed versus Cincinnati. We'll get to that. But I think this is the kind of week where Baker Mayfield said, "We need we we need to shut some people up. We need to play well, right? We like all anybody's talking about is Miles Garrett beating Mason Rudolph over the head, and who's going to get suspended? This and that and that. Look, we have a really shitty opponent coming here to town. I think they're going to have a good game plan. I think they're going to pound these idiots. So I, I, I love Odell Beckham. I love Jarvis." But Odell, just Odell especially. I mean, he the last over the course of the last two games, and and they've been tough matchups. So he hasn't done much with them. But he's gotten twelve targets and ten targets in the last last couple games. If he gets if he gets his average over the last two weeks, which is eleven targets, is they since since they made the public statement that they're going to start force feeding Odell Beckham. So let's just say that this could be the new kind of baseline. If he gets eleven targets versus Cleveland, he's going to smash. Like there's just there's absolutely no doubt about it. So love Odell. Love, love, love Odell, even though he's got a bad prop. I, I, I have to tell you that I love him. His prop came in much lower than I thought it would be at five and a half receptions and 69.5 yards. I went to mybookie.ag. You can go to mybookie.ag, use promo code ROSTER, and uh, you can go to the build a prop tool. And I, be, I, I built a prop for Odell Beckham to go over 124 <laughs> receiving yards. And I believe I got odds of like plus 738. So if, if I wanted to put down $10 on that bet and he goes over 125 yards, I will make, you know, um, you know, 70 something dollars on that $10 bet. What was it like 780 plus 780, something like that. So yeah, he's like, you put down 10, you make 78 bucks. Um, not saying, you know, I'm not giving gambling advice. I'm, I'm, I'm giving fantasy advice, but I'm just, I'm just telling you. I think that that line's cockamamie. Of course, Jarvis Landry certainly, um, certainly in play as well here. We thought we were going to get back David and Joku this week. That would have been nice for Baker, but even so, we have Kareem Hunt now. This being used out of the backfield, but you know, it kind of, kind of um, in a way that is what? What's a word for like something that is? Seems like it shouldn't be, but it is. I can't really think of one. What a, what a great broadcaster. Uh, kind of a way that's not intuitive, right? It's not intuitive to think that Nick Chubb, since Kareem Hunt's gotten back, has gotten fed as far as his attempts, but his receiving share has just fallen off the cliff. He still should be in a great, you know, he still should find himself in a great situation here, especially if Cleveland gets up and they want to just ram it down their throats at home. And, uh, just one thing to keep in mind is I, I can't get out of my head the times I've seen Kareem Hunt down there on the goal line. Man, they have packages drawn up for Kareem Hunt down at the goal line, so just keep that in mind. Uh, Nick Chubb is really, really priced up this week, and you know there are other plays like Alvin Kamara and, and uh, you know some of these other dudes, maybe you know Derrick Henry, who's a lot cheaper, who we'll talk about, that I may favor over Chubb. I think over on FanDuel, uh, Kareem Hunt makes some sense, even though it's only half-point PPR. He's a little bit cheaper over there as far as a percentage of the salary cap. And he's, he's Kareem Hunt. And, you know, he's Kareem Hunt. And he's cheap. And he's in a terrific matchup. So it's a little bit thinner than, you know, some of these other plays. Playing a committee back that's like a 40-percenter kind of back. But he is getting the touches. He is getting the usage. And he does have those all-important red zone packages. We've just we've, we've seen them. 
Um, on the other side here, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to bring it back probably with Devontae Parker in my stacks that I have here, but I wouldn't hate you for, you know, maybe, maybe thinking about Alan Hearns or something, you know, super cheap. I'm just not going to play Kalen Balaj. I hate him. You're going to hear talk about Patrick Laird, who had six catches last week in garbage time, but that's just a – that's – talk about cockamamie. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not interested. It, I mean, it, uh, I think a way to stack this game in a little bit differently is maybe play Ryan Fitzpatrick because, you know, Cleveland, they, they will, of course, be without one Mr. Miles Garrett this week. Also, um, Larry Ogunjobi looks like he's going to be out as well. That's a guy who can really push the pocket and, and create a lot of interior pressure for a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick who you would generally say, I, I want interior pressure against him like about like I want the goddamn plague. Um an interesting way to maybe stack this game would be to play Fitzpatrick and like Devontae and then bring it back with like Odell and Chubb, you know, maybe think about a game script where Odell gets a couple slants that he takes to the house and they just ice the game off with Chubb. And then you used to have Ryan Fitzpatrick bombing the ball downfield in catch up mode to guys like Devontae Parker. Uh, that, that could, that could possibly make sense here in this one. It's not the highest total, but it is a decent total. Cleveland, one of the, I think, among the highest implied team totals on the whole board. I mean, four, basically four touchdowns. So, I mean, it's not going to be that popular, and you're going you're gonna to want a piece of it, I, I, I think, I hope, because I'm going to have a lot of pieces of it uh, in my tournament lineups for sure. I'll tell you what, you don't have to sit back and watch the season unfold with your hands in your pockets because you too can get in on the action. You can support your team every weekend or take advantage of your football knowledge to bring home the bacon with my bookie. Between football season, the start of the NBA season, the NHL season, it's time to get off the sideline and get on the action. There's plenty to bet on and always cash to be won. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet a, you know, a little bit on multiple games uh, and you bet them together so you can get a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go with mybookie.ag because nobody gives you more ways to win. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with MyBookie. And if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. So it's, it's, it's free money. If you put in $100, they will, they will give you $200 total to bet with there on MyBookie.ag. But you have to use this promo code. Use promo code ROSTER to activate the offer. That's promo code ROSTER to double your cash. So visit MyBookie.ag today. Remember, use promo code ROSTER to activate that that 2x deposit bonus that is at mybookie.ag visit today you play you win you get paid seattle at philly we have a 48 total in this game 60 percent of the tickets are on the under along with 74 percent of the money so the the sharps are are pounding the under a little bit more with those high dollar bets than the general public uh, philadelphia is a one-point favorite here which seems a little weird right russell wilson Versus Philly, where Philly has Alshon Jeffrey banged up. Shit for hands, Nelson Aguilar is banged up. We don't really still know about Jordan Howard. This is going to be a big news game, man. We need to wait to hear about the news about Jordan Howard. Everything from what we learned on Friday goes to show that he was still probably not cleared for contact just yet. So that would open up Miles Sanders once again. Um, hopefully no Boston Scott swindles, right? The Jay Ajayi, there was a report that he could have a... Um, 
I forgot what the it was, what was his name. Zach Berman said that he could be somewhat involved, but I just can't see it. JHI sucks. This is the kind of this is a much better kind of way to get Miles Sanders involved than last week, where Bill Belichick just did everything he could to uh, try and shut down Zach Ertz and also really to try and shut down Miles Sanders. But that goes to show a lot, man. That Belichick, you know, he game planned to try and shut down Miles. Um, I, I don't see the Seattle Seahawks doing doing the same. On the Seahawks side, Tyler Lockett looks like he's gonna he's gonna go. He doesn't come into the week with an injury designation, despite spending the first two days of this week in a San Francisco Bay Area hospital. Where was it, San Francisco? I I forgot where it was. Oh man, these weeks start to blend together. But he was in the hospital because his shin was all swollen. It looks like he's going to go, though, and if he goes, he's a great play. The Philadelphia secondary, this is how you beat him, is with the deep ball. My only hesitancy is that, uh, as my boy Kyle Murray said on the Blitz show I just did with him and a very, very hungover Mr. Derek Cardi down at the King of the Beach <laughs> in uh, in Miami, um, he's become a little bit fearful of the Philly, not fearful, but just a little bit more tap the brakes with the Philly defense. Um now that Jalen Mills has come back, Jalen Mills has actually been playing really well. So something to keep an eye on there. I'm not going to play any Chris Carson here in this spot because I do not like beating my head into a wall uh, like he will be doing against the Philadelphia front seven. Carolina and New Orleans, we have a 46 total in this game. That's opened up at a 48 total. 53% of the tickets on the under, 81% of the money on the under in this game. The books think this, this thing goes under. But for Alvin Kamara, I do not think it matters. At home is a 10-point favorite. Uh, he should continue to get fed. We saw that the passing game usage last week is, is absolutely still there. Uh, the one worry that you have is if they do get up too much, will Latavius Murray come in to ice this thing off and pound them down? That's certainly a game script that could happen. You could foresee happening. Michael Thomas is expensive this week, but for that reason, he's not going to be as popular as usual. So you can play him, right? And that's the good thing about New Orleans is like we don't need to think about any of these other dirt balls, do we? Maybe I just I don't really want to play Jared Cook at his pricing. I think there are pretty clear cut options at at uh, tight end that make a make a little bit more sense. So I'm not really sure if I'm missing anybody, but I mean it's Michael Thomas, it's Alvin Kamara that I'm interested in here for the Saints, and of course on the other side with Carolina. Um, you know, the Saints look like they're going to be with probably without Marshawn Lattimore again. That could bump P.J. Williams outside, so who knows what's going to happen in the slot. That's helpful for D.J. Moore, who has been really good. Curtis Samuel has not been good because Kyle Allen sucks uh, as far as pushing the football down the field, but D.J. Moore's been good. He's probably right back in play again. I think he's probably a better play over on FanDuel than he is on DraftKings just due to the pricing. And then the big question is the big question you ask every slate. Am I going to pay up for Christian McCaffrey? Am I going to pay 10-5 on DK and on FanDuel? Am I going to pay all the way up to to $40 on on, uh, Yahoo? Basically, am I going to pay, am I going to use 20% of my salary to go get Christian McCaffrey in a spot that's on paper, not the best versus New Orleans? With that said, the only on-paper matchups that, you know, how, how should I say it? There's only been two matchups wherever he's been held in check. That's been against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he's had other tough matchups against good teams like San Francisco and shit, and he's, he's gone bananas. He scored 33 points on DraftKings last week without even scoring a touchdown. Uh, just unbelievable usage that he's getting. He's the best player in fantasy. It's a historic run that he's on. I'm never going to tell you not to play him. I don't know if in my cash games – 
you know, with DraftKings, though, I can save two over $2,000 by going down to Alvin Kamara, who's in just a ridiculously great spot right on the other side of this game. So it, it's going to be interesting there. There's also um, this can you play Kamara and Thomas in the same lineup? There's a, there's a whole lot to think about with this game um, and with these NFC South games that are in the domes. We always know that uh, these games tend to tend to shoot out, but they are division games. They are late in the season. These are important games. I mean, Carolina's five and five. Ron Rivera's fighting for his job. New Orleans is eight and two. They need to start really getting primed for the primed for the big uh, you know stretch run here and maybe see if they can lock into a, a possible. Um, you know, home field advantage, you know, and a, and a, and, and, and a bye week. So it's um, it's a tough one to handicap, but Alba Kamara is a great play, of course. Christian McCaffrey is a great play. You don't need to listen to this podcast to, to, to hear those things. Um, just the, for Kamara, though, this matchup for opposing runners versus Carolina is just so, so appealing and so good. The Oakland Raiders of the New York Jets, Oakland, a three-point favorite here traveling to – the what is that the is that still the Meadowlands? No, I'm just I'm, I'm dating myself by all these old Chris Berman. Um, what they're going to MetLife, I guess it's not the Meadowlands. The um, the over under in this one is actually 46 and a half, so technically a better over under than in the uh, than in the Carolina New Orleans game, but uh, not a lot of sharp support here for the over, even though the public likes this thing to shoot out. 61 percent of the tickets on the over, 42 percent of the money. Uh, you could play Sam Darnold, I think. Jamison Crowder's a reasonable play, even though he seems like he's gotten a little bit too damn expensive for the player that he is. Um, certainly, you know, I mean, Darnold definitely loves him. And, I mean, the 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 target volume goes to show it. I mean, over the course of the last uh, three weeks, nine targets, six targets, eight targets, and he's done a good bit with him. He scored a touchdown in each of the last three. Oakland is a run – or is a – a uh, pass funnel defense. It's a little bit harder to run on, but Le'Veon Bell is so d- damn cheap over on DraftKings at 6,400. He's seen 21 opportunities per no 21.8 opportunities per game, and uh, it isn't like the Oakland Raiders defense is you know that much to really worry about. You know, if you're playing darn man, that, that that guy Max Crosby's good. I worry a little bit about him. Um, but I, I, you know, I think that I think that you could probably play some Jets here. This is a this is a game that could end up being interesting. I think Darren Waller on the other side is pretty interesting. Josh Jacobs, you can always play him, but boy, is he priced up, especially on DK, where you don't really get the pass catching floor. I, I don't see the value there with him, and I'm just I'm not a Tyrell Williams guy. Um, but you look at the kinds of defenses that he profiles well against, and versus these slow corners of the New York Jets. That, that's something that could be interesting there. Denver at Buffalo, a 37-point total in this game after opening up at 35. Uh, every, everyone's on the over here, and so it's starting to creep up. 72% of the tickets, 71% of the money. Um, the Denver defense is cheap everywhere, and I know that Josh Allen is, you know, it's not like we think he's a bad quarterback. He actually might be a decent fantasy play here, but they're only four-point favorites. Fangio is starting to cook that defense up to where it's a little bit better. And we know that Allen could be mistake-prone. So I found myself on some builds where I have like 5K left on DraftKings going all the way down to the Denver Broncos at 2,400 and pairing them with um, Philip Lindsay, which 
makes sense because, you know, even though he's been banged up a little bit this week, we saw a bit of a shift last week to where the, they began featuring him a little bit more. And the best way to beat the beat the Buffalo Bills, they don't put many men in the box against you. They want you to run. They want you to play um, the least optimal brand of football, which is running between the tackles. And they will bring their guys, you know, back out into the uh, intermediate portions of the field. And they'll run, uh, you know, they'll run various fire zone blitzes to get these dudes out of the box. And when they do, it invites teams to run. It seems like a good stack for correlation purposes might be the Denver Broncos and Phillip Lindsay. And you get, you know, your defense and, you know, your running back three in that spot for a a grand total of, what, $7,600? Which is sounds fantastic to me over there on on DraftKings. It's um, you, with these defenses, you never know what's going to happen, and you could certainly paint a picture where Josh Allen throws a interception or two. I mean, we're talking about some pretty good, some pretty like Chris Harris of the world, like Chris Harris and stuff. These are good players, and that's, why not that interested in John Brown? We loved John Brown last week. We told you on DraftKings or on FanDuel, it's John Brown, it's Calvin Ridley. I hope you listened. Um, but not as big a fan of John Brown this week. I'm not as big a fan of Josh Allen this week. Um, on the Buffalo side, I just uh, – maybe it's because I've kind of talked myself into a little bit of Denver just because they're so cheap and I've forced the narrative in my own mind. I just I, – I'm, I'm interested, you know, in that Denver defense. And then on the Denver side, I, we should touch on it. I mean, Cortland Sutton, I just don't want to play him against Tredavious White. You're going to hear a lot of talk about Tim Patrick now that, you know, everybody's – Everybody's banged up, and um, you know it's uh, Buffalo such a tough matchup for opposing tight ends. Even though Noah Fant has been has been getting all the action lately, it leaves Tim Patrick, who's been questionable this week, but seems to have a really good connection with Brandon Allen. He's the minimum salary over on DraftKings, and if you really, really need to save it, you could probably go there. But now that we're getting news that Philip Dorsett and um, Mohamed Sanu looked very iffy for this game. That could open up Nikhil Harry for us in the Patriots versus the Cowboys. We'll get to that one shortly. Detroit travels to Washington. Uh, the Redskins here are three-and-a-half-point home underdogs here. We have 80% of the tickets on Detroit, 81% of the money. We have all the money on the under in this game of 40-and-a-half. 71% of the tickets, 94% of the money. Vegas thinks Jeff Driscoll and the traveling Lions don't get much done. Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones' props are both absolutely miserable. Bo Scarborough has a pretty bad prop himself. And it's just that whole running back situation. I throw my hands up in the air and say, look, I know he's 4,200 on DraftKings. I don't know what to expect, though, at all. His receiving floor is absolute nothing. Um, and I, I, I find this game script really, really hard to predict. And whenever we look at the, at the Washington side, it's like, okay, Adrian Peterson hasn't practiced all week. And then Bill Callahan comes out and tells the media that he did practice, but he's still on the official injury report as having not practiced. So I, I, I mean, Chris Thompson's coming back as far as the running backs there for the, um, as far as the running backs for the, um, uh, who am I talking about? Yeah, the, the Washington Redskins. But even so, if there's no Adrian Peterson, it makes Darius Geis very, very, very attractive at least at his price on, on DraftKings. Um, let me pull up FanDuel here just to kind of see if it's anything similar. Uh, Dar- yeah, 5,400 on FanDuel. So a great over on FanDuel as well. Uh, we've seen Darius Geis is just a GOAT. He's awesome. He's a golden son of Roster Watch Nation. We love him. 
no AP in this game. It's going to be hard-pressed to get me off. Like, if there's no AP in this game, that Philip Lindsay stuff I was talking about, maybe I'll just pivot over to, to Darius Geis because Darius Geis is clearly the much, much, much better player. Um, and then Terry McLaurin, of course, another golden son. We just, like, I think, is Darius Slay back for sure? You guys must hate it whenever you know the answers to these questions. When I've been doing props and, like, Road Runner show all morning and – haven't got the injury updates yet. Um, no, so Darius Slay is not on the final injury report for the Detroit Lions. He'll go. So no Terry McLaurin for me in this one, uh, even though I do like him a little bit down the stretch. Next, we go to the cockamamie Pittsburgh Steelers and Mason Rudolph with his $50,000 fine going to the Cincinnati Bengals, who are 0-10. We have a 38-point total in this game. Just to, It looks like a game that's just a must-avoid, but we have to talk about it. Pittsburgh, 6.5-point favorites. Um only six and a half point favorites too. That's seems like that was hot. And it says there's only seven in the open. I thought that would be more like an eight or nine point kind of game. Um, but since he here is pretty, I mean, the defense is the most cheap or the second cheapest on all the DraftKings. and Juju Smith Schuster is going to be out. Deontay Johnson looks like he's going to play, even though last time we saw him, he was bleeding out of his ears after a bad hit. We have uh, James Washington. who looks like he's going to be handling the duties uh, opposite him. I think this opens things up for Vance McDonald, who I'll be adding on to our DFS cheat sheets, maybe in the place of Greg Olson. I know when I do that, do that stuff, I tell you guys, man, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to mess with the cheat sheets. I'm not going to go against the model uh, because that's what this podcast is. It's me giving you my personal thoughts because sometimes I hate what's on the model. With that being said, I don't see, I mean, Vance McDonald has gotten seven targets in each of the last three games. And I just don't see how that doesn't continue against the shitty Cincinnati Bengals. Like, who else is Mason Rudolph going to really throw to in this spot? Um, and on the Bengals, I, people say Joe Mixon's underpriced, and they they have been using him a lot more. The usage just ticked up. I'm just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go there. We'll need to keep an eye on um, Auden Auden Tate, who is still questionable. Uh, Stanley Morgan is also questionable. Auden Tate will know at some point today, whether or not he goes, because we'll know whether or not he's, he's, uh, he's progressed out of the final, um, the final stage of the concussion protocol. Tyler Boyd just can't score. He won't score. And even though Pittsburgh's traditionally been good against these opposing slot wide receivers, now we have all of a sudden Minka Fitzpatrick comes in and just completely just bashes the shit out of that narrative. <laughs> it's like you, now you don't want to play these Tyler Boyd types against them. So I, I just – I don't know, man. I think it's going to take some weird stuff for the Bengals to be able to be able to get out of here cleanly. But it's not like this. It's not like the Steelers have that many options. We have Benny Snell that's not on the final injury report. We could see some goal line work from him. Jalen Samuels would be of interest, and I think on Fanduel he's of interest, even though that seems a little bit counterintuitive because he, you know, you know, we want to rack up the receptions with Jalen Samuels, and Fanduel's only a half point PPR site. But just the pricing over on FanDuel, much, much better. Actually cheaper over there where we have a 60K salary cap than he is on DraftKings where we only have 50K to deal with. Um, On to the next game here. Let's go to – wow, man, we buzzed through this. Only two more games left. Perfect. So Jacksonville at Tennessee, 41.5 total here. We have the Tennessee Titans as 3.5-point favorites. Let's just get it out of the way. Derrick Henry looks like an excellent play. In this spot, uh, Jacksonville on the roster watch matchup tool. Let's see, Derrick Henry, the number six matchup of the week for opposing running backs. Derrick Henry's at home. Um, 
just, I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars over the course of the last, I believe the last, this was a Scott Barrett tweet, but I think it was over the last five games, they're allowing over six points on, 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 on or at least over six yards on average to opposing runners. Jacksonville is, is in a downward slide as far as their run defense right now. And we all know that as it gets later in the season, Derrick Henry gets better and better. He's only 6,900 on DraftKings. I feel like he's a terrific play over there. He has a basically a 94 total rushing plus receiving yard over under, and he's minus 150 to score in this game. I do think he gets in. On the other side, it's, it's about time for Leonard Fournette to get in. And at just 7,000 on DraftKings, it's like he's by far the best value on the whole slate. Uh, via the via the Vegas tool, and he's not going to be that heavily owned. So I would not play both those guys in this game because if either of those guys does have their absolute smash game, it's going to be grinding out the clock. It's going to be running the football. It's going to be not running as many plays, and and so that hurts the other team. So that's a negatively correlated couple of players, two running backs who are on the same team. We have uh, we have an Amazon guy who's coming up to my door. Thank you, I appreciate it. Um, two running backs who are on the same team is something we generally don't want to do unless one of the, like we could maybe do it in the Cincinnati Pittsburgh game or something. Just not that we want to. Not that I'm saying I want to, but in a game like that, wherever you could say like, well, let's see, maybe Joe Mixon has two you know big runs where you know the Bengals get up. You know, get up big and they just throw it to Jalen Samuels for the whole rest of the game and they do start doing weird shit like putting him in the wildcat or whatever. You just paint that picture for yourself. But the way that Leonard Fournette and the way that Derrick Henry are going to win these games is they're going to pound the shit out of it and they're going to get volume and the team's going to run and they're going to wind clock and that's not two players that you want on opposite sides from one another. So pick one or the other and go with it. As far as the passing games here, DJ Chark, it looks like he's quarterback proof, man. I mean, he's a stud. And I just... I think that you can play him. His price is getting a little bit prohibitive. Um, I'm never going to play D.D. Westbrook anymore. I'm just I'm done with it. Now, it's, now this will be the week that he goes off for his absolute monster, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to be done. Here's some talk about Chris Conley. I think it's fine, but I think with possibly Nikhil Harry opening up and with some of the Tim Patrick stuff we talked about, maybe there could be some, uh, some you know, some ways where we don't have to kind of, you know, play Chris Conley or somebody like that in, in this type of spot. And then on the Tennessee side, I mean, who the hell else are you going to play besides Derrick Henry? I mean, who, who else do you want to play besides Derrick Henry when you look at this matchup? Um, you know, I was going to mention Delaney Walker, and I forgot when we talked about the Philadelphia game, I forgot if we talked about Zach Ertz and his pricing on FanDuel. But basically on FanDuel, he's 6000 or 6100 and there are people that are like three and four hundred dollars cheaper than him. They're like Ryan Griffin and people like this, or Delaney Walker, or some of these other guys. On FanDuel, I think you just need to play Zach Ertz with, with against Seattle in a great matchup. I don't know if I already talked about that, but just in case I didn't, I wanted to make sure I got to it. I've been trying to zoom through this thing before Baylor beats the pants off of the Texas Longhorns. All right, finally, Dallas at the New England Patriots. We've been talking a little bit about the New England Patriots wide receiver situation. They are minus five and a half here in this game. This game has a 44 and a half point total. And when you think about how Bill Belichick is going to, I, I, heard, I heard Michael Lombardi on his terrific podcast this week, the GM Shuffle with Adnan Vert, which, you know, you, um, you want to subscribe and listen to just to, to help make you a smarter, uh, a smarter, um, what, like observer of football. Because Lombardi's just so – he takes a lot of shit for some of his draft picks he's made, but no one else has worked alongside Bill Belichick and Nick Saban and Bill Walsh and Al Davis and been able to glean all this 
all this football information the same way he is. And nobody knows what Belichick's going to do better than that guy as far as people we can trust in the media. And he says that he's going to put Stephon Gilmore on, um, on Michael Gallup. He's going to bracket uh, he's going to bracket Amari Cooper and double team him and just try and take him away. Stephon Gilmore effectively might erase Michael Gallup. Um, and then just, just, um, just knife in on the outside off of the tackles to not let Zeke break contained to the outside and force them to do what they've been doing so far this season with Zeke, um, you know, pounding him up the middle where he hasn't been able to find the same daylight that he's, he's found in recent years for, for one reason or another. He just, he, he has not been as explosive and the offense hasn't gotten going whenever he can't get to the edge. And if that is indeed the case, it's like, who do we look? I mean, it's just Belichick just going to lean back and just say, look, I want you to let Jason Witten and Randall Cobb beat me. Maybe that could be it, but I don't want to play Zach, Dak. I don't want to play Zeke. I don't like, I don't want to play any of these guys versus New England at home. I just, I know New England hadn't played good, good offenses. I know that Dallas is a good offense. I know that Baltimore just took their pants off and gave them a, took them back behind the, took them back behind the barn and, and, and spanked them with one of grandpa's old switches. <laughs> but, I just, I, um, I, it's like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not that interested on the New England side. Like we mentioned, um, we have some injuries we'll need to keep an eye on, but early Saturday reports are kind of, it seemed like Philip Dorsett and, uh, Mohamed Sanu late in the week, Thursday and Friday, were training in the right way. Now that seems like they're training in the wrong way. And as long as those two are training in the wrong way, uh, it's just, it's a, it's feels thin and I know it's thin and maybe it's James White at 5,300 on DraftKings that comes in and takes over a ton of that receiving work. I just can't help but think he was our number one prospect at roster watch coming into this season. He's a red zone maven. He can body up with you. So I'm not worried about the, I'm not worried about these corners like Shadobe Awuzie and I'm not worried about Byron Jones about against the contested catch ability. Should he get the opportunity and should he get the run of one Mr. Nikhil Harry at near minimum price? 